Good morning. Be seated. Today you guys get the privilege of two pastors preaching two sermons. Yes! And we have an hour and 12 minutes until the service is over, but we don't know when we'll be done by then. Already? Oh, sister, we got a long time to go. She's already asking you to land to this thing, man. Oh, we got a long time to go. I, I need something, but I have nothing. Something. Oh. Communion doesn't okay. seem right. It's all right. I'll let you get that, man. I'll probably trip in front of everybody. Well, good morning, Charlie, lead pastor. Oh, How are you? Are you ready to do this? Associate pastor, so glad you're here. Um, I'm glad to start off. Is that all yeah, right? You got well, it. you know, today I want to just go ahead and tell you. you might, okay. How many of you have? Uh, how many of you saw the Facebook post about what we're speaking about this week? Yeah, and Charlie said, <laughs> "Show up Sunday to hear about how the church almost split." And I, from that Facebook post, people were like, "I, I won't name names, but uh, people, were, I don't like those Sundays. I don't like it when people stand up there and like." There's angst and there's conflict, and it doesn't, and I want to tell you something. Everybody go, today's a good story. There are parts of it that you will go, we, we, we're going to leave some parts of it out that you'd really go, ah, but at the end you'll go, oh, so that's the trajectory, okay? And so um, that's where we're going today. It's going to be a good story, a good day. Now, it's a testimony about Charlie and I working together. How many of you have ever worked with Charlie? How many have ever worked with me? So you know already <laughs> what we're dealing with when you put us two together. Because you see, Charlie and I, we are vastly different, aren't we? About as different as you can be. It, personality? We are both a Caucasian male and love Jesus. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. There you go. Um, we are very different in personality type, leadership style. Um, I, mean, I mean, the strengths and weaknesses we have are, could not be more opposite. And we've always believed that if we could get on the same page and work with our strengths, man, there would be some power there. The, the only thing is, about two years ago, we began to have some significant struggles. And so when you have struggles, um, oftentimes what we hope people would do is get help. Uh, now, that's not always what happens in marriages or in work environments, but we decided uh, we, would, we would call in some people. And so we had the Van Hooks come in. And the Van Hooks, they're local, and they are just masters of helping people navigate situations like this. We had Mike McKenzie from the Marble Retreat come in. Marble Retreat is uh, probably one of the top uh, ministry counseling centers. It's hidden up there in Marble, in the nation. I mean, we had the best of the best come in, and they helped us kind of look at what was going on. And we learned a lot from both of them. And what we learned, with, or what we learned is we're doing some things. Um, we need to fix. One of them is called global negative imaging. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. Say global negative imaging. Now, global negative imaging is when, when someone does something this big, but you go global and you go negative. You have a global negative image. And this, what this does is, when you begin to have a global negative image, when somebody does anything, you put it through that filter. Have you ever had that person in your life? And don't nudge the person next to you. <laughs> that you just, ugh. And when you see that other woman, it's, ugh. And she does something nice for somebody else, you go, oh, I know what she's doing. <laughs> or that guy helps out somebody else, and you're like, oh, there he goes again. Because it, they, they could go out and cure cancer, and you would be like, oh, it's all about them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a global negative image. You begin to put all their motives through your filter. And then it gets even worse to when, have you ever had that person that um, you walk into a room and there they are, and inside you go, oh, look at them stand. Look at the way they breathe with their mouth. You ever had this where it's gone negative to that degree and you're just like, there they stand, just, ugh. And so I'm not going to tell you it was like that, but I'm not going to tell you it wasn't like that for Charlie and I. But it was really hard. We brought in the professionals, and we were having lots of conflict. And here's the reality, is that we stopped meeting so much. And when we did meet, it was very difficult, wasn't it? Not too much. Uh, we, we talked two different languages about right. church. And, you know, when you have um, different philosophies and strategies about church, that's okay if you have unity. But see, we didn't have unity we had a truce. Do you guys know what the difference between a truce and unity is? 
A truce is when you keep your attitude, but you put down your weapons. A truce is all external, and it can be broken like that. But unity is from within. See, with, with, with a truce, someone does something wrong, and it's all over. If I were taking notes, I would have taken notes on that one. I, I, assume that, I just assume everyone is taking notes on that one. <laughs> laying down your weapons, but keeping your attitude. Keeping your attitude, but laying down your weapons. That's a truce. But a unity is when internally you are different. And so that even if they offend, you don't, lay, you don't, you don't go back at them. Tr- unity trans- transcends it's above a lot of the things they would do. So we had a truce. We had both of our sides kind of like, okay, we're going to honor one another. Um, and through all this, it's, it was ugly and it was hard. And it was long. But we were praying. We weren't just, you know, living in it. We were desperately praying that God to do something. Charlie, pray, you pray in declarations, don't you? Give them an example of what that, what that would be like. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure whether it's a prayer request or just stating what I think is God's will in this situation, or both, or all of that. But, uh, for example, long before um, th- this came to a head, God formed these, I won't go into them now, not some other time, uh, these declarations where I would speak them, and uh, I, I felt like I was praying according to God's will, even though they weren't true in any way. Yeah. So Charlie plays in, prays in declarations. Like, just to wet the whistle yeah. a little bit. Daniel and I will be lifelong friends. So he would pray that in faith. So he's declaring in faith a reality that is not, is not true. You know, I, we, we do this for our kids and our church. We pray that God's, we declare things over you and your life and your marriages that might not be a reality yet. And so Charlie was constantly declaring things about he and I. And I was constantly, consistently praying for Charlie and I as well. In fact, I made a, I made a, a vow with my heart that any time a negative feeling or negative thought went through my head, I would just pray God would bless you. And man, I pray God would bless you all day sometimes. <laughs> and, and he's over there just declaring, we're going to be good friends. We're going to be good friends. <laughs> you know? um, and and so, so there was a lot of angst because we, here we are doing God's work. We both love Jesus. We're so vastly different, and we became exposed as we got more isolated, and it got harder and harder and harder, and it got worse, and so last year, we called the experts, experts back in, last year, and um, we had these individual meetings. Charlie met with them individually. I met with them individually, and we must have just opened up the fire hose. We just let it all out in our individual meetings because at the end, they, they, they looked at me, and they said, Charlie has hired us to give a recommendation to the elders, and we're going to recommend that one of you be let go. Well, I'm sitting there, and I, I know how that's going to go. <laughs> I, I, I know, and, and I go, come on. Don't, you know what you're saying there. It's going to be me. I'm not, I'm not lead pastor. I didn't hire you. And so I automatically was, in my mind, uh, going through all that, and they, and they said, you know, that's, this is the way we're going to recommend it. It was crushing for me. At that moment, on that day, um, I left that meeting very sad. I don't know if you know this. Um, how many of you, actually, let's just do a poll real quick. How many of you were here when Doug Self was pastor? How, how many of you don't know that Doug Self was pastor? How many of you don't know who Doug Self is? It's all like, yeah, exactly. There's, there's plenty of you around. Um, my dad you know, planted this church. This is, my, this is my city. This is my home. I feel called to Carbondale. And all of a sudden, I'm facing a reality that the orchard won't be where I am going to be. And I left just so sad. So I felt so betrayed, so disappointed. Um, I went home and told my wife. She was crushed. Went on a long run and just asking God, what do you have for me? And as this plan began to form, because I, I love Carbondale, I'm staying in Carbondale, God just kept saying, my son, be patient. Okay. Keep those plans that you're planning for what's next over here. Be patient. And Charlie, at the same time, he's looking. It was hard for me. It's hard for, hard for Charlie. Just imagine that. He's looking um, down this road of what will be a church split, as leadership splitting. Leadership. And how messy would that be? And I think, you, what was the years, what, was the, what would that path look like as you're staring down that path? Oh, well, consultants even told us in every book you read, that'll be 60 70% drop in attendance and then the budget, and can you imagine what that would be like? Very, very scary thing. So the kingdom would be hurt here in town. Yeah. Like, we're not just talking about my job. We're not just talking about Charlie's job. We're not talking about just 
I mean, that was the hardest part for both of us is seeing what was going to happen to the area, the region, the city, the church we loved. God told me, be patient. He told you, I will be with you. Now, you didn't know what that meant. You said you didn't know Mm -hmm. what that meant for here or somewhere else, but you knew that he said, I'll be with you. So our individual meetings were so candid, and we were on such different pages that the consultant said, well, we don't think there needs to be another meeting. We're supposed to have one last one together to kind of fix it. And they go, yeah, I think we're good. (laughs) Or bad. Yeah, exactly. And so... um, you know, we both love Jesus, and, and that's all we want. And at that point, you just, you feel the enemy's accusations. You feel the schemes. You feel the plans. But you don't know what to do. And uh, we, I did get a text that said, you know what, we're going to have one more meeting. It's going to be cl- for closure. We're going to have, a, you know, the, the closure meeting. You know that last, when you break up with somebody, you have to have some closure. We were going to have that meeting. And so, um, angry and hurt, I walked into that meeting. Charlie walked into that room understanding the path you just discussed. And you told me you didn't have much hope at all in that moment. We both showed up kind of, this is what's going to happen. And here's the deal, is, is it was pain, the, what we were looking at in the future was painful, but we knew that what we were living was more painful than that. We couldn't keep going like we were. And so we walked into this final meeting of closure. Take it. Yeah, my individual meeting with uh, those folks, they slid out a piece of paper in front of me. Um, and said, this is what you hope, they met a year ago earlier, we met a full year, and they slid out this, I forgot about this piece of paper, of what I hoped happened, life would be like in a year, and they slid that out in front of me, and nothing was like that I hoped in a year, and here we were at this focal point, and I knew one thing, the pain of being here would be less than the pain of going where we need to go, even not knowing where that is, and so uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, have uh, necessarily hope that anything was going to work out. I just knew we needed to move forward. And so we're in this meeting. They call us together in this meeting. And now I call it the come to Jesus meeting. Literally. I know you've probably been in those, but we just literally both ways on that one. Talking about really frank stuff. And uh, I said that. I said, you know, uh, we're not going to be in this place a year from now like this. Uh, I feel like you're waiting for me to either fail or retire. And I don't intend to do either, and uh, they asked a question. These people were really sharp, um, and they were following the Holy Spirit's lead through this thing. They asked the question of me, Charlie, what would Daniel need? No, no, they asked you first. Daniel, what would you need from Charlie to succeed here in this place? And, uh, you know, you always know exactly what it is right quick like that. Boom. One, I need to have relational friendship time with you. And we, need to have, we need to have it. We need to re-engage in our friendship. Re-engage in our friendship. And I'm thinking, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't like being around <laughs> you at all. Neither did I. And they said, what do you need to stay here? And no, I was like, uh, nothing. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then you said, I need to be in strategic meetings. Um, and I'm thinking, you're the last guy I want to talk to about stuff right now because all we're doing is clashing heads. And you said, I'm comfortable with uncomfortable yeah. and mess. And uh, you said, I'd like to be at the beginning of a mess instead of always at the end of the messes. And, uh, uh, and, I, and actually, uh, I was penetrated by that because um, I could not get away from the fact that any associate pastor would want those things. Matter of fact, you wouldn't be able to succeed uh, you or anybody else without having a relationship, without being in the strategic discussions of where we're going, without being a part of the working out of difficult situations. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, uh, yeah, he would need that. I would need that if I would, were in his shoes. And then um, they, they asked the question, Charlie, what would you need from Daniel so that he could succeed? So that you could succeed. No, it was you. Okay. Yeah. They, and, and, I, and I didn't know the answer. Because I felt like what I need is I need like, somebody who runs with me in loyalty and stuff. And I said, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't know how to ask, ask that. And uh, right then, you got that? Right then, uh, I could feel in that meeting, I could feel the Holy Spirit say, you can't pray for me to do something and not give me room to do it. I felt like this was already, I knew where this was. You know, when you're in the, in the shoot on something, you know where it's, 
leading, and you got to walk through it no matter how hard it is to do the right thing. But uh, the Holy Spirit says, don't. You have to give me room to do it. And I just said that in the meeting. I just said, you know what? I don't even know what this means. I don't even know what room looks like. But I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say to me right now, um, you got to give me room to work. And then I also, uh, it was very clear. I heard, it is much better. It is much better if Daniel's here. I said that too, I think. <laughs> and you say that, and we're both thinking like, is it? Like, because it was so hard. Like, you know. Oh, was, that's definitely not me saying that. That was <laughs> like God, oh, you know. No, what I, no mean? I know. But when, know. when God started to put hope <laughs> on that meeting, you know, we were in there to, to, uh, to sign the papers. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't hire them to get rid of you. I just hired them to maybe, elect, this is kind of a Hail Mary, not Catholic thing, but uh, football thing, pass, <laughs> you know, and uh, just a long shot. And, and boy, I heard that clearly. And they yeah. jumped in. Instead of saying this is it, they said, why don't you guys uh, take 90 days to see what could happen? So they changed their recommendation on the spot. Hey, pull your mic up a little bit. You can't hear me? Yeah. So maybe, maybe I, I don't know what their recommendation was ahead of time. Oh, I did. So they changed. <laughs> they saw something in this and said, let's give it some room. Let's give it 90 days, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, okay. And you said, okay. And the elders were, they were intimately involved in yeah. this great leadership. As a matter of fact, they were catalytic in us being in this meeting in the first place. Kathy Gregg would not leave us alone. She said, I've had enough of this. And uh, she did. So uh, we, we, you know, um, 90 days to uh, see what could happen. And uh, that was timed perfectly, I think, from the Lord, because I went straight from there, I'm talking about my thing now, yeah. uh, to my cabin for my sabbatical time. And I just up there alone thinking, praying about this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I cannot possibly uh, do 90 days as a process of getting rid of Daniel. This needs to be an honest uh, effort to try and help him succeed if I'm going to be legit before God in this thing. And uh, uh, yeah, and, and, you, and you gave the pathway. You gave the framework for it. You know, hang out, talk strategy, and work together on the messes that are going on. And so I came back uh, with the intent to do that, and uh, we started on every Wednesday having lunch, talking about everything. And then mm-hmm. the elders, we would each meet with an elder uh, through that summer, and they would ask, did you ask this question? Have, what have you done to help Daniel? Uh, what, you know, the, and, and, uh, and I can tell you, I'm going to zoom forward here real quick, but as we started doing that, um, there, something started to change. I mean, it started to uh, get some hope on this thing, actually, and, and I, got, I got to say that the more we met, the more we talked, the more we hung, I, I, Daniel was really, you could tell, he really wanted this, and I, I really felt like you were I mean, it was a huge shift, and, uh, uh, you know, you were, you were engaged, and God, I guess, was changing my heart, but you were definitely, um, you embraced that. I, maybe your attitude was like 90 days until Charlie fires me thing, and mine was 90 days to help Daniel succeed, and maybe that's the right place to be, because you, you were just humble. We just worked, and uh, I got to tell you, by the end of that 90 days, uh, you were a different person. Well, we were a different person. You, man, I, and I think one of the things give that you the credit. they say that, uh, well, I, it's like one person in a marriage can't change and the marriage changed. There was a, there was a, a big shift in, in not only how you saw me, but how you oh, saw, man, how yeah. you saw, and perspective changes everything. During that time, it was, uh, it was you know, uh, God told me three things. He said, walk humbly, lead excellently, speak honorably. So I said, I'll, I, can, I can do that. I can do those three things because you asked me, but I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> like, um, and honestly, I don't know what to do about that either. So, so what I truly did is I have marching orders from God. I work, the Bible says work under the, you know, work under, under God, work for Jesus. And so I worked for Charlie as I would for Jesus and did those three things. And, and through all that, there, there would have been no change had there not been a change in the way you operated. You don't, what, I'm, what I was asking about relationship, strategy, and, and let me on the inside, I, that's it. Let me in. Let me have, let me have um, I get to speak, but let me in on what, what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't know if that would become a reality, because that took trust. And I, and I couldn't say this in that meeting, but I think what you wanted from me was trust and respect. And, uh, and so as, I didn't know how to, how to make that um, felt. And like, I didn't know how to ask for that either. 
I, so I just started doing that because I thought you'd want to. I think you did. <laughs> you did. Um, you really and so did. As, as Charlie began to let me on the inside, I'm doing my three things, walk humbly, lead excellently, speak honorably. He began to let me on the inside, and, and it, it was very tentative for those three. I, I went on vacation with my family right after this. We went on your anniversary, Dad, and, and I actually had medical stuff come up um, because of the stress load on mm. me. Um, I mean, I, I did not, this was not an easy path yeah, for either no. one of us. And so um, those 90 days, and, and I didn't know if you were going to, I didn't know if I was going to get fired or hired. I, I, I put that aside and did the three things God asked me. No, you did them well. It, uh, um, I'll tell you, my, my heart changed, uh, and I observed you um, coming alongside me, and God started to give me vision um, about uh, um, your dreams. Oh, no, 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 don't go there yet, because that, that's part of what I'm going to say about fall. <laughs> Well, I gotta get, we got to get to the 15 meeting, right? That's, yeah, then that is that. that God's going to give you about, okay. That, that's where I'm going with that. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, and so the 90 days uh, came up. It was up. It was up. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, town's not there anymore, but my table at town, restaurant, we sat there, and uh, this was the culmination of 90 days. You're sitting across from me, and I said, you know, because I had a vision for this. Um, more than, more than, I had a vision for you more than you could even, I could even tell you at the time. Uh, and I, I said, Daniel, I got to tell you, everything has changed. Um, you, uh, you have embraced this and you have become, it looks like, I mean, because it's pretty fresh, right? It's only 90 days. It looks like um, you are the greatest resource I have here. And uh, I think I even told you that you, uh, your dreams, probably, uh, I see them coming true before, long before you think they will, and uh, in ways uh, that are even probably greater than uh, you were thinking could happen here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, I think I said, all my eggs, because I always use that egg illustration, are in your basket, Daniel. And I don't know what, I, I, God changed us to bring us to that point. Yeah. So there's Charlie telling me things about my future, my hopes, my dreams, and, and I, I, I am an ambitious person. I want to see God, we're both ambitious, but there's that fine line between ambition and selfish ambition, and the Bible makes that distinction. And so for me, walk, the walking humbly, and, and it was uh, to be humble, um, but not to let that ambition die. And as Charlie began to let, kind of speak to what um, he, was, he saw for me, because I didn't know if there was room for me here. I didn't know if there was room um, for both of us on one stage in one church. That's, that's Which, by the way, is one of the declarations I was right. declaring a year before. And, and, and so I didn't know if that was, that was true. I didn't know if, with Charlie being lead pastor, um, I didn't, is there room for an associate who, who wants to, to lead and speak and all these things, or do I need to go somewhere else? And so when Charlie began to speak those things, it was everything that I needed to hear from him. Because I, he told me, he goes, listen, I ain't going anywhere. I'm not retiring for 12 more years. And he goes, so, and so I'm thinking, I need to walk humbly. And God just, but God didn't say, walk humbly and don't just, just follow this. And I thought it'd be, you know, 12 years and then maybe God will let me lead something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, but God, I will do what you ask regardless. And that's the thing is that when I hear from God, I got to put all my eggs in that basket. And so, so I am hearing these things, but here's the cool part. Are you ready for this? I'm going to stand up. <laughs> on August 8, 2015, over a year before that meeting, August 8, 2015, I wrote in my journal, I heard from God very clearly, on the first day of fall, I will make all things clear to you, and you will know where you should go. I wrote it down. I'm like, <laughs> okay. It sounds like J.R.R. Tolkien or something. You know, it just sounds like it's, the, it's this, you know, whatever, when the moon's a lot. And so I, I heard, I'm in my, I'm listening to God, and I hear, by the first day of fall, I will let you know. Over a year before that, and so in that meeting, here's the, here's the problem, is that the first day of fall came and went. See, we always meet on Wednesdays, but that week, we, we couldn't, didn't meet on Wednesday. So Wednesday came and went, and I was just disheartened. I didn't tell anybody about that first day of fall thing. Did I tell you? I told my wife, didn't tell my, my buddies. I was looking forward to that day, September 21st, 2016, and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, I'm banking on hearing from God, and I hear this, and nothing happens? Maybe this does tell me where I need to go. So then uh, Thursday, we have our makeup meeting, because we missed Wednesday, so we're meeting on Thursday. 
And on Thursday, that's when he goes into all these things and all that he wants to see me doing at the church. And, and there's room for us here together. And I'm like, wow, that's what I wanted. And I go home and I go, Amy, it's amazing. Um, the only problem is it's like, a, it's like the first day of fall plus one. Like God was almost right. Like, God was rightish, you know? <laughs> Which is not how I want to live my life. I don't want it to have to be something like where I throw tea leaves out and go, well, it could be. Like, if you, if, God, if you say something, I want to bank on it. I go, Amy, I, like, I'm so excited but, about this, but this is where I get my life. And it, it was a day late. And she smiled at me and she said, um, she said Daniel, um, today, the 21st is not the first day of fall. Isn't the 21st always the first day of something? She goes, today's the first day of fall, the 22nd. And I said, Siri, what's the first day of fall, 2016? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hey, Siri, first day of fall, 2016. The 22nd of September, 2016. And I'm like, you're real! No, literally, I, Siri told me. Siri confirmed the word of God. <laughs> After my wife confirmed the word of God. So for me, of all the behavioral, all the changing, all the changing, the way I led and acted, to, to, to know God was in this. I knew on that day, September 22nd, 2016, that this day was possible. I never thought this day was possible. I didn't know what was going to happen. And you could be right. I could have been just, just waiting for you to fail or retire so that I could finally, you know, take over the church and, and, and see what God does. I don't know. But I did not think this day was possible until that day. And when that happened and, and God affirmed those things, um, that right there w was what changed it for me. And it did change it for you. Um, there, and for us. Yeah. I was given a, a word by a pastor friend he said, God, he's, he was praying for me, and he said, uh, for us, and he said, uh, study Psalm 133. Uh, this was last fall. Study Psalm 133. Take a look at Psalm 133. It's a word for you, and it's a word for your church. And uh, this is, I think Psalm 133 explains exactly what is going on with us last year, and uh, today, you, you, you probably have known this uh, psalm, and uh, certainly the first part of this, I've, I've said for years, for years, uh, the first verse of Psalm 133, we all know, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's a, uh, your version says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unities. I want to make sure the new version wants everybody to be included, um, which is good, Right? You sang songs. Those of us who were doing the Jesus thing back in the 70s, remember the song? We used to sing that. Um, and, and, you know, but he, his word to me was study the whole psalm, which is only three verses. And, uh, uh, and the rest of these verses are like, huh? This is like Old Testament stuff that maybe back in the day they got figured out. Um, and, you know, I would, I would read it and go, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. You can all relate to that, right? <laughs> running down on Aaron's beard, down on the uh, collar of his robe. Give me verse 3. It is as if the dew of Hermon... Uh, I folded that page over. The dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion... For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Well, what I did was I meditated on that. God, what is in there? What is this? What is this saying? What, what is this really saying to us? If it's something that's a word for us, for me, for us, what does it say? And, um, oh, man, is it cool. So first of all, you know, the Psalms are poetry. And poetry uh, should give you an image. There's beauty in poetry, right? You ought to be able to see uh, something um, in your mind's eye, and that's what this is doing. It's like this. It's like that, right? So uh, <clears throat> it says here, 
Um, how good and how pleasant. You know, um, the English didn't really help us on this. How good, and, and maybe even the King James when it said blessed, if you remember how blessed. Remember that's how you memorized it back in the day? How good and how blessed it is. Probably better word to hook up the imagery that's going on in the psalm. Because the psalm goes into, it's like oil flowing down on the beard, flowing down on the beard of Aaron. So I ask you the question, who does it bless? Who's, does, who's blessed by unity? If you read the verse in the English, it goes, how good and how pleasant. Well, cool. We all feel good and get warm fuzzies, and life is better when we have unity, and it's, it, we're, we're peaceful. Um, I think blessed is better because it focuses you on the imagery of the flow of the psalm. How blessed, who is blessed? Well, you know Aaron. Aaron is the first high priest. Who's the last high priest? You've just been through all of Luke. You know who the last high priest is. And the imagery of this psalm was pointing, it's a messianic psalm, pointing to the Savior that would come. So the imagery here is that the unity is a blessing to who? To the high priest. It's not just a blessing to you and I. It's not just a blessing to each other. And this is a really nice place because we all like each other kind of blessing. This is, this is like an anointing because that's the picture of the oil. Unity anoints, the, the, the poetry, unity anoints Jesus, the, our high priest, to be our high priest. It doesn't just make him feel pleasant, and it does make him feel that, I think, when he kicks back and goes, oh, that's sweet. But I think he, but it, it, something better happens. Now, go to the next piece. It says uh, on verse 3, don't worry, man, I'll land this thing. Um, it's the dew, it's as if, it's like the dew of Hermon, Mount Hermon, falling in Zion. Well, if you do a little homework on that, you're going to find that uh, Mount Hermon is 250 miles north of Zion. The dew of Mount Hermon never falls in Zion. The dew on Mount Hermon is a, a refreshing thing that happens every day in a beautiful way. The, the, the psalmist wants you to see the imagery. It's as if that refreshing dew falls in a place where it doesn't fall. Something impossible can happen when you anoint the high priest. Hook him up. I just love it, man. I just love it because, you know, what, 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 this, what this is saying is our unity blesses the Lord and it gives him the opportunity, the pathway to bless you and I. The last part of that psalm says, uh, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You know, and we are all the time talking about what we want to see God do. We want to see Him heal. We want to see Him transform. We want to see people come into the kingdom. We want to see great generosity. I have a feeling that the most supernatural thing that can happen is unity. Because you can ask Daniel and I, absolutely impossible to pull off on our own. Absolutely impossible. And not only that, I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but every consultant book uh, they'll tell you that this never works. It never works. Not only did we attempt something hard in the transition, but we are so different, and, uh, and both uh, powerful people in our personality and in our calling, and uh, uh, this never works unless something supernatural happens, unless transformation happens. And you know something we've learned about unity? Uh, we've learned a lot about unity, and... Uh, uh, that, you know, unity is really not for uh, uh, cowards um, or people who need everything to be um, smooth. Because smooth, unity is not getting along. Now, I want to I be in a church where people get along. Mm, but not as much as I want to be in a church where people are completely different from one another and love each other. Because love, unity is about love and respect. It has nothing to do with agreement. Matter of fact, Daniel and I still disagree on many things. I'm not sure what they are because I'm not thinking about them these days. But, uh, but, in or, but powerful people disagree and, and disagree significantly. The beauty of John 17, that they will know that Jesus came from the Father because they love one another, isn't because we get along. 
It's because that we love and respect one another. One of the things we learned, and I'm going to hand this back to you, uh, one of the things we learned is that maturity is not unity. You know, it, uh, Christian and church, Christians in church, uh, maturity would just be nice, wouldn't it? Um, people who get along and treat one another uh, with some, some uh, maturity would be good. But, but it's, it, unity is more than maturity. Maturity makes us act well. Unity is something that's a love and respect and deeper. It's, 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 it's much better. Now, you can, you can, I don't think you can have unity without maturity, but you can have maturity without unity. And uh, so we actually, uh, here's the one thing. So we, we meet with uh, Mike McKenzie. You always called him the Lon, LeBron James of pastoral counseling. Um, he's up here. And we're meeting, and he tells us, um, whatever you don't resolve the two of you directly, whatever conflict that you don't work out, it will be manifest in your church. The, 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 the enemy will make sure that happens. So it, it, we might be arguing about A or X, how about do algebra, and, and you all are feeling Y, but you don't know that they're connected. But in fact, um, if, if there's conflict, unresolved uh, conflict and not having unity in leadership, you feel it out there. Now, I don't believe that people were fighting about our fights or anything. I think they were just sitting on the sidelines kind of going, woo me, you guys, woo me. Well, um, here's what we learned. That's what Mike McKenzie told us. Yeah. You better work it out, guys, because it's happening out there whether you realize it or not. Like we're choosing sides, they're going to choose sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what we have learned... Uh, as a result of what God has done for us, is that, and you got the word on this, Doug, we were praying, and you got a specific word, um, what the enemy means for evil, God, it, the conflicts that you do resolve, what you do work out, God will leverage seven times as much. Remember that? So, so the conflict that you do resolve Seven times as much stuff can happen. And so what started to happen last fall, I don't know if you can feel the vibe, but if you can't feel the vibe, you need to ask God about that because something cool is going on here. Things started to work. I mean, just, just starting to do the things that we, God has given us to do, his hand goes on them and they start to work. You pick it up from there? All right, I'll keep going if you want me to. Therefore. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about all the cool stuff. Yeah that is happening um did i mess you up no yeah no no we're good <laughs> i just want to say this therefore because of all this and it, it is it, we are walking in true unity we're not faking this this isn't church speak we wouldn't be here we were done with church speak we were done with making it work right. this is actually something beyond that and and um but unity is something that god calls all of us to each of you two. He's calling you to unity. And the Bible is very clear. They just did a word study on unity and peace. And it is, am I off? Yeah, you're off. It is obvious that, that, that peace and unity are something that God um, desires and requires of his people. And so I want you to think of your life right now. Where is it you have global negative imaging? Who is it that no matter what they do, oh, I see what they're doing. Who is it when they stand there and breathe? Oh, I see how they're breathing. <laughs> Think of that. Because we can get there very easily. And, and Jesus does not want us to live there. In fact, we're called to be people who love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as ourselves. And I got to tell you, I just look through 1 John where it says, if you claim to be in the light but you, you hate your brother or sister, you're a liar. Oh, man, just a conviction that comes over that. And I think each of us should today should, 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 should hear this story, but then begin to think through our lives, where is it I'm in disunity? Where is it I have this with somebody? And what can I and what would God have me do? There's a Colossians 3.12 says this, bear with each other, bear with each other. How many of you have been on a road trip with a four-year-old? You're bearing. <laughs> it doesn't say when they're pleasant. It just says bear with each other. Now, I want to clarify if there's abuse, don't bear with that, okay? It's not saying that. 
If there's boundaries being broached, don't bear with that. But listen, as, as, as brothers and sisters, as people have their own quirks and foibles and their differences, bear with one another. It goes on to say, and forgive one another if any of you have grievances. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And there it is. So today, as you are here, who have you stopped bearing? Who have you stopped forgiving? Who have you, been, who have you become okay with disunity? God is asking you to open up and re-engage your heart, to forgive as you were forgiven, to love as you were loved, to love them as yourself, to open up, to let, and listen, in this room this size, there are people in here who have it with somebody else in this room, maybe next to you, maybe across the room, I don't know, but I want to say this, today's an opportunity to get in the flow of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has a, a flow of unity And if we're off track, we're out of that. Today's an opportunity for you. And I would ask you to be bold. Like you said, it's not for cowards because you might have to say, you might have to get convicted now and say, don't put it off. Write the person a text now and say, hey man, we need to talk. Or I I need to ask your forgiveness for something. Talk later. Do it now and begin to work on unity because it will break things through in your life. It will have breakthrough in areas you never knew. Disunity is like an illness that works through a lot of your body. Go back to those places where you are unforgiving and out of unity and follow the kingdom of God's path of love and forgiveness in those places. So, because of this, I'm just going to do this again. Uh, Hold on. Do your thing, man. I'll do that that if you do. So, (laughs) bring in the lefty. We're going to do a little. (laughs) So, because of that, here's the deal. I'm going to get excited because here's the deal. There is room, and there's, here's, there's not only room right here, there's a lot of room. <laughs> the only problem is there's not that much room in this room. There's room. We need more room. Because God is going to do some things in the orchard, and we need more room. And so because of that, um, in January, we're going to launch a second service. And we're going to ask that many of you would take the leap and join the 5.30 a.m. service. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you're okay with the time, I will tell you, because if I told you the time first, you go, oh, I know better than that. So we have an 8.30 and a 10. Now you're thinking, that's only an hour and a half in between, and you guys go at least an hour and a half. Our services will be an hour long. So 50 minutes of preaching, and then an announcement. I'm kidding. We're going to have an hour long, we're going to have two hour long services. And listen, the orchard, we're moving. There's momentum. We have, we're, God is asking us to go places and we are feeling it and we're going. And for you, what this means is some of you are going to join the 830 service just for three months. We don't want to launch with 10 people. So we're going to do this. Okay. Now here's what's going to look like. Have you ever been in a waiting room for a baby? You're on the waiting, you're on the delivery room. You're in the waiting room. Oh, and that's, you know, we're in the waiting room between now in January. But come January, we're in delivery room. In delivery room, there's more chaos, but there's a lot more beauty. And so as we launch these two services, and as a church, we begin to see what it looks like. There's going to be a little more chaos as we kind of figure out all that it means. And you might, have to, you might come to a different time, and we might, we might ask you, to, there might be some adjustments here and there, but there's going to be a lot of beauty. Because there are people out there who will sit in these seats and hear the message of Jesus, and respond, and sign their name on there, and the kingdom of God will grow, and their life will never be the same. Their marriage will never be the same. They will parent differently. The legacy of what God wants to do in this region goes well beyond what we do just in this room. And so we even have, I want to tell the example from last week, but we can't. We should save that, right? Next week. Let's save it. Okay. Uh, So God is already moving. So as we begin to do this and do two services, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. This is a good thing for all of us as a church, and there are some struggles, and there are some challenges that we're all going to face together. And one of them is, I mean, just, let's just take one quick, and we're going to talk a lot more about second service and what it means, but let's think about children's ministry. How many more people do they need? Like, if, like, if you're like, I wish I could just have a place to serve, and your background check is clean, I have, a, I have something for you. If one of those isn't true, don't worry about it. <laughs> but listen, we, we want to we um, teach and raise up these children. And so, well, listen, circle Stacy's name on your bulletin. Email Stacy. Go talk to Stacy. Sign up with Stacy. Our church is moving forward. And we're going to see what God does as he begins to bring anointing and power and the kingdom 
grows. There's a, there's a, there's a stat, and we have somebody in here with a, a, um, a doctor's degree in church growth, and he, so he, it's such a good resource. And he told me, he said, if a church is 80% full, new people won't come, they won't, they won't come for long term. Have you ever gone to a movie theater and it's opening night? I can't stand that. Excuse me, excuse me. And then you sit there and you do this. I'll do it for two hours for a movie I really want to see, but I, you know what? I'll go to a matinee every other time. And so they come into a, and the, yeah, the stats are true. Are we 80% full? Absolutely. This is 90 Pe- right here. People don't want to sit next to you. <laughs> there are guests. Listen, you right now, you know you don't want to sit next to that person. You're already feeling it. Ah. Oh. Brush your teeth, you know, whatever. <laughs> Here's the deal. We're growing. We're, we're, not, we're not kicking off a service. We're birthing a service out of all the growth we already have. And we're going to ask, it's going to require something of every single one of us to step up, not only to invite and to bring in, but also this church is going to go through some changes that are going to be beautiful as we see God's kingdom manifest and grow in this place. So two services starting in January, 8.30 and 10 o'clock. Be prepared, we're going to talk a lot more about it, and you have a place to play and lead in this. So, cool stuff. Yeah! Yeah! Well, and also, also, um, first of all, it seems like uh, in a crowd like we have right now, um, some people will be looking at us right now and they're going, yeah, what's the real story? You know? What, what's, what's the backstory on this? And uh, uh, I'm telling you, you see it. This is it. Uh, I, actually, I actually can tell you that uh, um, what I needed was trust. And uh, um, <laughs> I was going to say a bad joke, uh, not a joke, but uh, you'd take a bullet from me. I know you would, man. I know you, and, and that's just a sick thing after last week. But, uh, um, and I know, uh, you know, I trust you. I, I, I really do, and um, with that, uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, I had a real clear picture of this um, this this summer, some alone time, where where um, with the level of trust that God has given us, we can move from going for it here. Uh, uh, from uh, we went from dysfunction to function, functional, and um, and you are actually. Uh, observing a miracle in that, especially if you know us. And uh, uh, we are moving now from functional to effective. And out of that trust, um, um, you're going you're gonna to hear more of Daniel. Uh, want him to function as our teaching pastor. And uh, uh, you haven't even seen what I can do yet. And so uh, as we move in our, in our areas, so... You're our teaching pastor, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, man. That's good news. Yeah. And other duties as assigned. Sorry. You know, that's, not, that's no. bottom of the job is other duties as assigned, right? Okay, so this makes you know that. So as we take communion together, you need to realize that you're a part of the story. And uh, uh, it is our story. Unity is our story. Uh, we went from... Um, not hate because you can't do that because you love Jesus, but to uh, those kind of prayers that are like, oh, Lord, make a truck hit him or something. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that won't work. Uh, to there's room for you here. Um, I love seeing you be great, and um, I need you to be great. And, I, and likewise. I need Absolutely, you to be great. man. Um, Dad is unscripted at this point. <laughs> I was landing this thing, cheese. You've seen and heard what they have said, and they've gotten over a mountain bigger than maybe you will ever climb. But Daniel's encouraged you to go home and work forever. But if they're willing to do this and work this hard, can you imagine what God can do through them this kind of miracle took place. Now, it's important that you shift. You may have liked one or the other better in whatever capacity. What they're saying now is that you love and respect and receive from both of them equally. You know Daniel's anointed as a speaker. He was always mouthy as a kid. <laughs> 
But you know Charlie is just as anointed as a leader. Charlie makes things work. He makes things beautiful. And so if Charlie's speaking on a Sunday and you prefer Daniel, then you're going to have to gear up on your brakes, lean in more, and say, God, I will not let my preference keep me from hearing from you. Right? Amen. Amen. Right? church and come more to participate in the life of the church in serving realize that Charlie is setting things up in his anointing so they will work to reach this valley so you'll be able to serve in an anointing so I can say what maybe you guys couldn't say and that is let's get in on this miracle let's receive what God has for us through each of them in their own special own way. <laughs> I guess that'll be pretty good. Let's we'll just do communion. Well, thank you, Doug. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Unscripted, but cool. Um, we're going to take communion. And Paul, in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, talks about around the table there's unity. I mean, the one thing, you, I, in this room, we are way different from one another. And that's one of the neatest things about this church is that you are not like the person next to you. You don't believe the same things about how the world works. I mean, you both believe in Jesus, but one's, one's red, one's blue, one's uh, this, one's that. That's the beautiful thing because when you come around the table, we are, that's where the oneness is. That's why Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter. 11. As you come to the, the table, the symbolic table of Jesus' body and his blood that was given, if there's something that you have against somebody else, set it down, and if they're in this room, go talk to them and, and say, man, forgive me, or I forgive you, or whatever it takes. You know, obviously, in the next eight minutes, you're not going to work out something that may be huge, but you can start. Maybe, maybe you'll take communion today with somebody else. Maybe you'll pick it up and go serve it to somebody else. Um, or maybe you need to send a text before you do. I'd love to talk to you. Can I call you this afternoon? Or maybe this person that you uh, need to forgive isn't even alive and you're just going to go ahead and pray that prayer of forgiveness and release that person from your judgment and in, in even no matter what they did it's covered over here so this is a table of unity and uh, as you come and take it oh it costs so much so that you could do it freely it costs so much that you could do it freely it's a celebration thing just ask God to search your heart as you do it we love you guys so much. You know, um, I think we'll hold that, but holy cow, do we love you guys. God has been so good to us. Let's, let's end it right here. Let's thank him for that as we take communion.